Hey everybody, I'm Shelby and I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. And I'm Tao, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. And this is High Voltage. Hey everybody, welcome back to High Voltage. First of all, we want to apologize for not being around for games three, four, and five, but I was moving into my house and it was all I could do to get my TV out of the box to watch game four. So, you know, we've been a little busy, but we're back and we're going to catch you up in a supersized podcast episode covering games three, games four, and my favorite, game five. So Tao, let's start off with game three. So the series shifted to Long Island for game three. It was the Lightning's first road appearance in this series. They have been historically good on the road during these playoffs. I believe going into game three, they were five and one. Tal, am I correct on that? They are five and one on the road. Yeah, so I think we all were feeling pretty good, especially because the Lightning seemed to find their footing in game two after a miserable game one performance. Now, Going into Long Island and playing at the Coliseum, which is also known as the Barn, can be a daunting task because the Coliseum is oriented in a way where it's almost like a fishbowl. The Coliseum doesn't have any club level seats or VIP areas where you can schmooze and wine and dine. It's literally just seats from the ice to the roof, which is kind of nice because all the fans are dialed right into the game. You can't like go off and eat a piece of cheese and schmooze with your business partners. You're like in the game. It's kind of it's kind of nice. I think that's kind of a nice feature and I think it kind of enhances the experience for the fans there. Now, one thing I do want to mention is I really loved the national anthem, the way the Islanders did it with the crowd singing. It was a very one America, one people uplifting, God bless the USA type moment. I kind of enjoyed it. And that is uh, the only nice thing I will say about the Islanders for the rest of this series. So we got that out of the way. And now let's jump into game three, the first period. First period, I felt like the lightning started off really well. They were dominating. Got a lot of good chances, and then about halfway through the period, the grind line of Coleman, Gord, and Goodrow gets rewarded. We have a beautiful assist from Blake Coleman. He knocked the puck out of the air with his stick and backhanded it over to Yanni Gord, the goblin, who just shot it right into the back of the net past Varlamov. It was a beautiful goal. Tal, what did you think of that assist from Coleman? Yeah, it was really really creative. He was able to... I believe flip it from behind the net and it it looked really beautiful from my standpoint yeah definitely it also was pretty great to score first in that game because tampa at that point was nine and one when scoring first in the playoffs and in this series the team that has scored first has won every game so definitely it was a good indication the rest of the period i felt like the lightning were pressing we had a lot of good shots braden point had some opportunities so did stamkos Last couple of minutes, it felt like the Islanders were kind of starting to get some momentum. They had had issues getting it down the ice all period. It felt like Vazzy was not even getting any pressure. It looked like he might fall asleep. But they kind of got it back towards the end of the period. But it still ends 1-0, and Tampa is leading in every single stat, including Tal's favorite stat, the face-off percentage. So, Tal, congratulations once again. You are (laughs) right about (laughs) face-offs. So... 1-0 Tampa after the first. Now, during this intermission break, we also find out some great news for Canes fans. Tal, do you want to share what that news was? 
Well, during this first intermission of the first period, Coach Rob Brindamore was selected as Coach of the Year for the Hurricanes. Took us to our first division title, I believe, since 2005-2006 when we took the Stanley Cup last time. But it was just great to finally see him getting some recognition as a coach. It was great for us as as a franchise to have a leader. And he also got a three-year contract extension right before this. So it's nice to have him back and well-deserved. Yeah, and I felt like it was totally, totally deserved by Rob. Rob the bod, as he is called. He uh, is a great coach for you guys. I think the contract extension was well-warranted, and I think you guys have a really bright future, even though this season did not turn out the way you hoped. So congrats to all Canes fans, including Tal, on having the coach of the year. So now we jump into the second period. It seemed like the Islanders were getting maybe a little bit better here, Tal. Yes, they they were they were they were getting more volume shots, but Tampa was still dominating. Yeah, I I didn't feel like they were able to pressure Vazzy the way that you had talked about in the last pod that they needed to as far as getting bodies in front of him and screening the shots. In fact, the one goal that they did get is honestly the assist should have gone to Eric Chernak. Eric Chernak took that puck instead of clearing it. He tried to put it in Vazzy's lap. And for the life of me, I don't know why he made that mistake. But yeah, big error from Chernak there. And it results in a goal. Honestly, Tal, did you even see that hit an Islander stick or was that all Chernak? It looked like it was mostly Chernak. It looked like uh, Clutterbuck, who scored the goal, did get his stick in there late. But... Watching it on TV, I was like, Sharnak, what are you doing? You just assisted on the last goal. What are you doing? Yeah, I think that was really the only mental error for the Bolts of the night. Other than that, they really didn't give the Islanders much. And as we get deeper into the period, the Islanders were definitely getting frustrated, similar to what we saw in Game 2. Now... At this point, we get kind of a big moment of the game when there is a call, and it is Kucherov drawing a penalty for interference. A lot of Islanders fans had a lot of stuff to say about this call. Tal, what are your thoughts? Well, considering NBC complained about it for the next five and a half minutes, it felt like, even though there wasn't five and a half minutes left in the period, I thought it was the right call. He was about 40 feet away from the play, he clearly comes up and just knocks Kucherov to the ice. It's clearly the right call. The right penalty was called here. It was not any any special hidden things. It was the right call, 100%. So it's Pelik who gets the interference call on Kucherov and is taken to the penalty box. And the rock star power play of the Lightning, the first unit gets on the ice and starts to do their thing. Now, they got a couple shots during the power play. It was starting to feel like they get set up. And as the power play expires, literally seconds after, who else, Braden Point, finds the puck as he is getting cross-checked from behind. (laughs) And he gets like a triple five-hole kind of goal. It goes off the right pad, through the legs of another player on the Islanders, and then eventually through the legs of Varlamov. And what a brilliant goal for Tampa. Tal, how does Braden do that in that moment? He's literally being cross-checked, falling to the ice, and somehow his stick finds the puck and puts it in the back of the net. It's incredible. I thought it was one of the greatest goals he scored so far in this playoffs just because of how difficult it was to do that. I don't know how this man keeps finding the back of the net. 
like he is. Just outstanding play. There was um there was a call there that people were also complaining about, saying that there should have been a gold league interference on Kalorn because his stick was near Valarmov, but it never got looked at, never was challenged, never was called. But this man just keeps, I mean, he's falling down to the ground and just shuffles a puck just kind of instinctively and just, it goes right in and it's brain point. It's it's just unbelievable. And that goal made it the sixth straight game he had scored a goal in. And Tal, like you said, I don't know how he does it. He is incredible. We're witnessing a future Hall of Famer, and it seriously can't be stated enough. This Tampa team has like four or five future Hall of Famers on it, and it's just so fun to watch. So Braden makes it 2-1 to one at the end of the second, and we go into the third having to protect a lead. We've talked on the pod before about how great the Lightning are when going into the third with a lead. They have only lost once this season when doing so, but it doesn't make it any easier. My nerves were high the whole time. It was still very tough. The Islanders were kind of giving it their all. Vazzy obviously was doing his job, though. He saves it on a breakaway. The refs, you know, start kind of getting involved. Samkos gets pulled out of a face-off at one point and this is when the Islanders fans true colors start to show because even on the TV broadcast you can hear the people in the Coliseum chanting F.U. Stamkos and I just thought that was super trashy and classless and really unwarranted and I don't know I just think like why was that necessary you know I don't know if I could say that people in Amelie wouldn't do that I, I don't think they would I don't know, I just thought it was kind of tacky. What did you think, Tal? Yeah, I don't understand why they were chanting it. He really, at this point, wasn't... He hadn't done anything in the game to warrant it. I guess it's just to, to shout at him because Islander fans are stupid, and it's <laughs> New York, and so they have to have something to complain about. And because they couldn't get the refs to change the point goal, they have to complain about the man who's dominating them in face-offs that game. Yeah, I guess so. And really, they didn't have much to show for it the rest of the third period as far as giving their fans something to cheer for because Vazzy stays strong, and this game ends with a 2-1 to lead for Tampa, winning game three, and Braden Point with the game-winning goal, which was absolutely beautiful. Going back to that penalty on Cooch, though, a lot of New York media and journalists who cover the beat for the Islanders a lot of people were complaining about that Kucherov call I think just with how officiating has been throughout these playoffs it's kind of easy to find a target and and you know blame them but to me I would have I would have said that was a good penalty on any team any day of the week it's like Tal said you're 40 feet away from the puck you know You, you just can't you can't do that and unfortunately the Islanders didn't have any goals to show for for it after they made that mistake. They got an assist from Chernak that helped them make it, you know, two to one, but they really didn't have the offensive production to show for it. And so that was game three. It's a pretty good game. Tal, any final thoughts on game three before we move on? Good, good game. Tampa was clinical. It was pretty much, that's the entire third. It was Tampa just clinical. Played very well. Last comment on game three. Tampa won faceoffs once again. So now we're going to go into game four. Tal, do you want to tell us what Barry Trotz said before the game? 
Well, before the game, I found a quote from Barry Trotz saying that the series is not over. In a lot of ways, to me, it's just getting started. And he was right. He was right because game four, it gets rough for Tampa. We have a lot of penalties in this game as well as a lot of goals. This was the game I was watching the night after I had moved in. Literally, I thought my girlfriend was going to kill me. We had the rest of the house in boxes, and I was unpacking like the TV and the PS5 and everything I needed to make sure I could watch the Lightning game because, you know, priorities. But I was able to catch this one. It, it was a tough one to watch. A lot of disappointment, a lot of heartbreak, especially at the end. So game four back at the barn. The Lightning have a 2-1 to one series lead at this point. Saturday night was a really big opportunity for Tampa. To take a 3-1 to one lead in this series would have definitely been a stranglehold and put New York in a terrible position. So I was really, really hoping the play from games two and three would carry over into this one. And at first, it seemed like it had. We had a really strong start in the first period. We were leading possession. We were taking a lot of shots. We had high danger chances. It just seemed like nothing would go in for us, unfortunately. That period ended 0-0, like many lightning first periods we've witnessed throughout this postseason. Tal, give me your thoughts on kind of how Tampa played in that first period, and then tell me kind of what we saw in the second period from New York. Very dominating in the first period. The worrying thing for me was Kucherov did not look like himself in that period. Oh my god, he looked like shit. Turnovers were back. Oh, it was terrible. He could not make a pass. It was nuts. I was texting you about it. I was like, Cooch looks off. But outside of Cooch, Tampa was dominating. They led the shots 11-4 in the first. They were winning faceoffs. They were pretty much leading every stat again. They were absolutely just dominating again. New York looked sluggish. It looked almost as like Barry Trotz was going to have it wrong where this series was going to continue. And Tampa was just going to walk away with it, but he, he didn't. And the end of the period happens, and then the second period begins with a flurry by the Islanders. They come out and absolutely go on a tear versus Tampa. Yeah, and Tal, the Islanders have had a lot of success in the second period. I can't remember the exact statistic, but they've outscored their opponents an insane amount in the second period like the second period has been where they've found their bread and butter and they definitely showed it here in game four we get a goal about six minutes into the period from josh bailey assisted by bavillier and nelson so that line makes its mark kind of they had been a little quiet i would say in the first three games of the series so i know islanders fans were hype about that and then matt barzell gets another goal about 13 minutes into the period and then the lightning get frustrated Sergachev cross checks Palmieri Palmieri gets unsportsmanlike it just starts getting dirty Chernak gets a penalty for boarding Bavillier and then Matt Martin with under three minutes left in the second period gets the Islanders third goal of the game which makes it 3-0 Islanders at the end of the second which was just depressing, man. I mean, God, we played so good, I felt like, to start that game and then go down three goals in a period. It just felt like everybody was off. Like, we talked about Cooch. The whole line of Cooch, Point, and Palat really did not look sharp, and it just felt like we were starting to go back to the game one performance where we were 
not making crisp passes, we were turning the puck over, taking stupid penalties, and the Islanders made us pay for it, for sure. Tal, what do you think about that period, and what do you think about the goals that Vazzy let in to give the Islanders a 3-0 lead with 20 minutes left in the game? I don't think any of them looked pretty soft. I don't remember them being that way. They were all pretty good shots. A couple of them, I think, were rebound shots that just happened to go in. One thing you missed was the end of the period. Tyler Johnson had to serve a delay of game penalty right after they went up 3 nothing. So it could have almost went 4 nothing, but they luckily um, killed it off, and John Cooper was yelling at the refs for the remaining of the period because he was just upset that they called a delay of game penalty for some reason. But Tampa looked kind of just out of sorts again. Kucherov just couldn't get the puck out of the zone and if he did he turned it over a lot of a lot of mistakes from him in this game Tampa finally the the Islanders come into their zone Tampa dominated the first period but the Islanders dominated the second period and took back pretty much every lead in every statistical category get the power play went one for two I think I had this written down the Barzell goal happened to be a power play goal, but they later changed it to a regular 5-on-5 goal. But they pretty much took every statistical category, including the score. And it looked like it was going to be all Islanders heading into the third period. But Tampa, Tampa doesn't let go, and Tampa doesn't give up. That's for sure. I think at this point, we were all feeling pretty low, and... I for sure was not feeling good. I felt like maybe something, some some juju in this new house was off. And I will tell you what I figured out was off because I'm a very superstitious fan <laughs> before we get to the next game. But anyway, things just weren't going well for us. But the Lightning did not go away quietly. They came out in the third period and just kicked it into another gear. Braden Point goes 1v5 into the Islanders zone and snipes a goal. Just an absolute snipe. He literally was all by himself. Nobody else on his line was in the offensive zone. He just went right in there and scored on a beautiful shot that got past Varlamov over his right shoulder. It's absolutely gorgeous. His seventh straight goal at that point. And, you know, the Lightning were back within two goals and they seemed to have a little pep in their step. And only a few minutes later, who is it, Tal? Tyler Effing Johnson scores a goal. So it is. It's Tyler Effing Johnson with a huge goal to put the Lightning back within one. I'm loving this play we're seeing from Tyler. Once again, bullying him has worked. He has scored two big goals in this playoff. That was definitely a huge goal for this team. I think it gave them a lot of confidence. It helped kind of turn the tide of this game. The Lightning started to look like themselves. And you could kind of tell they had maybe figured something out about the Islanders that they were going to take advantage of. And so they're within one. The rest of the period, they are pressing. It seems like we're about to get the tying goal and take this thing to overtime. And then 18 minutes and 48 seconds into the period when the Lightning have pulled Vazzy and are trying for a six-on-five situation to tie this game up, Hedman takes a tripping call. Cal Clutterbuck is tripped, quote-unquote. To me, it looks like a dive from Mr. Clutterbuck. But, you know, analysts say that Clutterbuck is a man of integrity and he would never take a dive. Bullshit. That was the most bullshit dive I've ever seen. He should have won an Emmy. 
I don't think that was Victor Hedman's fault at all. I think it was crap. Unfortunately, Hedman goes to the box, which is not only bad because he is a really big help on offensive situations when we're trying to score a goal, but it also, you know, makes us go back to five on five and not six v five for the final minute. And even through all of that, the lightning still made it interesting. McDonough in the closing seconds of the period gets shut out of a beautiful goal by Adam Pellick. McDonough has a backhand turnaround with an empty net. He's beaten Varlamov. It looks like they're about to tie the game and Pellick dived on the goal line and blocked the shot. And so we ended the game three to two. I was heartbroken. I was completely heartbroken and crushed because I knew how exciting it would have been if we had gotten that goal. And also because it seems like we deserved it and we just didn't get rewarded. It was kind of a crushing loss. Tal, I think I texted you that I was really destitute at that point. I don't know. What did you think about the penalty? What did you think about the result of that game? And what did you think the Lightning needed to do coming home for game five? Well, with... Them scoring the second, Sharnak actually got hurt after that, and I thought he was not coming back, but they apparently were just cleaning some blood off of his shoulder, COVID precautions, so they wanted to make sure that they got that cleaned up. And so I thought the penalty, it's a tough call at that moment. Does it help the Islanders? Yes, it majorly helps the Islanders because now you don't have to have 6v5, you go to 5v5, and you have the goal wide open. So it definitely helped them. Clutterbuck, I couldn't really, I can't really defend whether it's a dive by him or Headman just tripped him. It looked like you can go either way from a fan standpoint. It's just an absolute, one of those calls that's just like the refs are just trying to go home, and I, I felt like that's what it was. Then we got the Madonna turnaround. I thought it was an absolutely beautiful shot, but Pellick just absolutely makes one of the best saves for his team to make the game continue and continue the series run for them to tie the series back up at 2-2 going into Game 5. I felt like both teams played well. I felt like Tampa needed to get Kucherov off of his little bit of roughness in this game. felt like he needed to return with a really good Game 5. Overall, Tampa played very well. They got out hit. They did lose the faceoff. Did lose the game. But it's just, I felt like going into game five, Islanders needed to keep the pressure going and needed to keep what they did tonight doing very well. Played disciplined hockey. They didn't take more penalties, I believe. I believe Tampa took more penalties in this one. It's it's just they needed to continue the to, to strive and do what Barry Trotz says. The series begins now. We're going to game five. I kind of disagree on saying the Lightning played great all game. I felt like they played great for maybe 20, 25 minutes. I felt like we did not have a complete game at all. We fell asleep in the second period. The Islanders made us play. The one good thing that I saw out of that game was that we did seem to come alive in the third period and had a lot of really good opportunities and seemed to have found... And a weakness that we could exploit in the Islanders. And I was really hoping that that would carry over into game five. I also just felt like in that game, we weren't working hard enough. We 
there's like a saying, you know, like with puck luck, the puck luck was not on our side in game five, but we weren't working for it at all. We weren't grinding hard enough in the corners. We weren't, you know, forcing turnovers. We were giving up turnovers. We just, we just weren't playing our game. And it was very disappointing to see. I am a superstitious fan. I felt like maybe I was in this new house. There was bad juju. I didn't have my clappers. Remy had them in a moving box. If you guys don't know, when I was at the game for the Florida series in game six that we won, Amelie Arena gave out these lightning clappers and I've had them throughout the whole playoffs. And the clappers so far are like five and one, but I couldn't find the clappers. And so I was pretty concerned that maybe, you know, I had caused this. But anyway, I found the clappers for game five and we will see if the clapper juju did its job. So going into game five here, this was a really huge game for the lightning. It was the first time all playoffs that we've had a series tied at 2-2 going into game five was a little bit nerve-wracking to say the least I was feeling a little jumpy but I knew if the bolts played like they did in the third period of game four we were going to be fine so Tal let's jump into game five let's do it so game five is back in Tampa Bay at Amelie Arena in front of a home crowd and I think we kind of saw the lightning do exactly what we said they needed to do which was carry over that performance from the third period of game four and it really does seem like they continued to exploit the weakness they had discovered in the end of game four because game five starts out with the bang 45 seconds in the puck luck is finally there for tampa stamkos gets a fortunate bounce off of killorn's shot and is able to deposit this puck into the back of the net it was a huge goal for Stamkos, who had been on a five-game goal drought. It was great for his line with Kalorn and Sorelli because they needed to make an impact in this series, and they finally did and would continue to do so. And it was also just great to have a 1-0 lead 45 seconds into the game. Like we have said before, the team that scores first in this series seems to be the team that is winning. The best thing about this, though, is that after this goal, Tampa does not let up at all. Somehow, they are getting high danger chance after high danger chance. They're moving the puck so effectively from behind their net, straight up the zone. They were just able to get so many good looks and opportunities based on their breakout. It was so clean. It was absolutely a press time and time again and they continue to get rewarded Yanni Gord and his line get the puck into the Islanders zone about nine minutes into the first after a lot of these great high danger chances and they keep doing the work they do the work that they weren't doing in game four they get down into the corners and make gritty plays we have the result of that being a forced turnover that Yanni takes and then looks like he tries to pass, but it ends up going off of Andy Green through Varlamov's leg. And just like that, it's 2-0 lightning. Again, some lucky bounces, as NBC would call it, but you can't deny it now. Lightning are up 2-0. And then about 15 minutes into the first period, David Savard does what we've known he can do since he joined this team, and he becomes a part of this offensive, defensive core that we have. 
He's been taking shots. I've talked about how promising it's been to see him jumping up on plays. And this time he finally gets rewarded. He takes a shot from the point. It nicks a little bit off Kalorn and gets past Varlamov to make it 3-0 before the end of the first period. I loved that play from Savvy Tal. I've been talking about it on this podcast. It was just so good to see him get rewarded from making that jump into the offensive zone. What did you like about that play, Tal? And then tell us what happens next as far as goaltending for the Islanders. Yeah, the play itself was really, really good. They came out just absolutely on fire. End of the first period, you led 19-5 to in shots. And I was detailing the game, and it was like 17-5 to with like three minutes left. You guys were just all over them. Islanders were having the trouble they were having in game one where they just couldn't get the puck out of the zone. They couldn't. And if they did get the puck out of the zone, Tampa would just jump right on it, give, take away, go push, and just keep pushing. Stamkos again showing up finally. Well, with about right after the corn goal, the Islanders decide to make what could be the either the series saving change or it could be the at this point the the series ending change. And they take Verlarmov off the ice and they insert Sorokin, who coming into this game has a very good save percentage at nine two four. It's 4-1 in the playoffs, has helped them throughout the playoffs, helped them in the first series versus Pittsburgh, and hasn't been seen really since Pittsburgh. But he comes onto the ice and does a pretty good job for the rest of the period, I would well, say. Well, I thought it was a big move. The Lightning have chased the goaltenders out of the net in the last two series against Florida and Carolina, and we've seen how that has worked out. Tal, you and I have talked a little bit about how if you have two goalies, you have none. I was just thinking the whole time after they pulled Varlamov, like what are the implications for game six? Because you're pulling your starting goaltender 15 minutes into the first period of game five. What does that mean for game six, for his confidence? Who are you going to start if Sorokin has a great game here? Does he start in game six? It was a lot of question marks. And for a while there, it looked like Sorokin was going to hold his own. But as we go into the second period, the Lightning did not take their foot off the gas at all. And this time, the Islanders' second period magic is not there for them. The Lightning continue their dominating performance. They get a power play, and it's Steven Stamkos again with the power play goal. Absolutely beautiful, assisted by Hedman and Cooch. It was Brock Nelson hooking Jan Ruda. I believe it was... An offensive zone penalty, was it, Tal? Yes, it was an offensive zone penalty. Yeah, so just a terrible penalty to take for the Islanders that leads to Stamkos' second goal. And all of a sudden, we were all on Stamkos' hattie watch. Fun fact, the only Lightning player with a hat trick in the playoffs is Tyler F. and Johnson, just for your knowledge. But anyway, now the Lightning lead 4 to nothing with 15 minutes remaining in the second. And then... We get a Yanni Gord goal off of an assist from Blake Coleman to make it 5-0. Then we get a Pajot trip on Hedman about four minutes later. Again, Tampa is going at it. And it's kind of similar to the first goal with Kalorn and Savard. As Pajot picks up a trip and penalty on Hedman, it's it's kind of like the same goal. Savard's just up and up on the offensive zone, is being very, very well brought into the game and he shoots 
and Kalorn again hits it again, and it goes in. This one should have been Savard's goal, but Kalorn obviously just gets his stick on it. He loves to play right in front of the net as he gets the power play goal. He has he is huge on the power play for for Tampa. He loves that right in front of the net play. It's kind of like he he just he lives in that area. And if you shoot it and he gets his stick on it, it's a goal. So then, Shelby, we got a big, big thing coming up at the end of the period as we have a huge penalty that changes the rest of this game. Would you like to to go into it? Because I know you really just do not like this fella. I don't. I don't like Matt Barzell. At the time, it seemed like it was a penalty big enough to possibly change the course of this series because in the last second of the period... Matt Barzell gets a 10-minute misconduct, a 5-minute major, and a game for cross-checking Jan Ruda to the head and neck area, which is an automatic ejection, first of all, but also is reviewable by player safety, who in the past has handed down suspensions for plays like this. So we were all, first of all, very upset that Barzell went after Ruda like that and lost his cool. It was just very unsportsmanlike. I know you're down 6 to nothing at that point, but it's just a shitty way to play. I didn't like it at all. I felt bad for Ruda. He didn't return to the game after this. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Hopefully he's just banged up, but he did take a cross check right to the head and the neck. So we'll have to be watching to see whether Ruda plays the rest of this series. It got scrappy after this point. We saw kind of in the Florida series how bad things can get when a team is being absolutely blown out and how rough it can get and the kind of terrible plays by the team that's losing that can result in intense to injure and just just terrible situations for the team that's ahead. But going into the third period, you could kind of tell what John Cooper felt about that Matt Barzell penalty because he puts out his first unit on the five-minute power play. So you know he's pretty much gearing up to say fuck you to Barry Trotz, Matt Barzell, and the entire entire Islanders fan base. So the first unit is out, and Braden Point gets a goal in his eighth straight game, which is the first time a player has done this since 1976. He passes Mario Lemieux and other great names to have the sole position of the second most goals in a game streak since a Philadelphia Flyers player in 1976. Just a huge accomplishment for Braden. There's nothing he can't do. He's really on a tear. I think at this point it's time to start talking about the con Smythe, especially if the Lightning win tomorrow. But just amazing play by Braden Point and assisted by Cooch and Stamkos. Now this all resulted off of the major penalty from Barzell, and we still had another like three minutes on the power play. It's seven to nothing at this point, okay? Things are not good. You got Islanders fans throwing their jerseys off, walking out of the watch party in Long Island, and people in Tampa are absolutely losing their shit. It was such a dominating performance. Every time the Islanders looked like they might have something, things just were not going their way. They had an opportunity where the puck hit off both posts and then the back of the net and still stayed out. I mean, they just could not get anything. It just was not their night. And the lightning just continued because 
I don't know if we mentioned this, but Luke Shen is in for this game for Eric Chernak. Eric Chernak did not play in this game. He was a late decision scratch. He had been out at warmups. We thought he would play, and then all of a sudden we found out Luke Shen is in for him instead. And Luke Shen has been good for this team as far as playing in that backup defender role. But, you know, not anything to kind of write home about. But he scores the eighth goal of the game off of another crazy puck luck kind of bounce that ends up hitting off of an Islanders player into the back of the net. So Luke Shen makes it eight to nothing lightning. And the Lightning closed this game out with a Vazzy shutout, which is probably not going to get talked about enough. But Vazzy got another <laughs> shutout in the playoffs. And the Lightning win this game 8 to nothing to take a 3-2 to lead in the series with an opportunity to advance to their second straight Stanley Cup with a win on Wednesday night in Long Island at the Coliseum. Tal. What did you think about this game? Just wow. The offensive performance by Tampa was just clinical again. They were very clinical in this game. Cooch came back out, played like his normal self, getting a couple assists. I believe he got three points on the night. So his Stamkos get three points. Brandon Point continuing to make history. It's two goals away from tying the record. Let's see if he can do it by the Stanley Cup playoffs a couple couple quick notes the there was a couple penalties that ended the game Gaudreau, Pellet, Gord, Mayfield all got finishing game conduct penalties and fighting penalties and they were pretty much sat down for the rest of the game because the the refs were pretty much have lost the game at this point because the Islanders are whining and they're crying because they're down eight nothing and can't do anything about it final penalty minutes were 57 by New York and Tampa had 26. New York had 12 penalties. Tampa had seven. Just undisciplined hockey from the Islanders. Very very bad play, but Tampa stuck through it. Got through the adversity of having, you know, Matt Barzell injure one of their defensemen. Continued to put on the pressure and just did not let up. Eight nothing is unheard of in hockey. Yes, it was eight nothing. I watched the entire game. It was eight nothing. Trust me, it was crazy. I believe it's the largest playoff winning margin ever in playoff history. It's not the largest margin ever, but it was for the Lightning. It was in franchise history. Oh, it was, okay. however, the second time in 46 years when that has happened. It happened in 2011. But again, it was a rarity. It was a very rare thing to watch in the playoffs. You probably won't see it again. Fun fact, the Lightning, this is the second time they've put up eight goals on the Islanders in the last two years. We actually won game one of the Eastern Conference Final last year, eight to two. So the Islanders probably fucking hate us, to be honest. But I felt like there were a lot of big things to talk about in this game. Number one, the Vazzy shutout's huge. He's now 12-0 and following a loss in the playoffs, which is just a ginormous stat. Every time we get in this situation after a loss and people start bringing up how good we are after a loss, I get nervous because it's like there's no way we can continue this forever. Like it's just, it's such an amazing statistic. I, I just, it seems unreal, but they do it time and time again. And I just love the way this team responds after a loss. It's, it's so encouraging as a fan. We love to see it. Second thing I think that is huge coming out of this game is the goaltender issues for New York. I don't know who we're going to see start in game six tomorrow because 
yes, Varlamov let in three within, you know, 15 minutes, but Sorokin ends up letting in five more over two periods. I just, I don't know what the play is for Barry Trotz. What do you think he's going to do, Tal? If I had to choose, I'd, I'd still go with Varlamov. That's, that would be my choice. Yeah, I think I have to agree, honestly. I think Varlamov gets a start again. I think it'll be kind of similar to the Flurry leonard situation going on in Vegas. I think they're going to give, the, or they did give Varlamov kind of the night off after the first period to kind of rest and recalibrate. So I think we will see him for game six. The last thing I want to say about this wonderful game five for the Lightning with so many great records, statistic, franchise records, and player records with Braden Point, all, all the things that statistically came out of this game, it was one game. Whether you win 8 to nothing or you win in triple overtime, it's, it's a one win. And none of those goals carry over into game six tomorrow, and we have to come out playing like a team that wants to go to the Stanley Cup finals, like the team that we were in game five last night. Because this Islanders team is not going to go quietly. We just found out Matt Barzell only got a $5,000 fine for the cross-check to Jan Ruda. So he's not suspended. He will be back for game six. He's their star player, no doubt. That's going to give them some juice. They're going to be upset by what we just did to them and the way we embarrassed them. And they are going to, you know, have their backs against the wall. Their desperation level is going to be the highest it's been all season. So we have to be able to match that. We have to start strong. We have to play crisp, play our game. And the final thing I do want to say is that the Islanders are a team who want to slow the game down. They want to slow it down so much and play their system that you are forced to play their style of hockey. And that's the trap I feel like the Lightning fell into in games one and and four. I hope that the Lightning know all of this. I'm sure they do. I'm just a fan. They're the professionals. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens tomorrow. I don't want a game seven at all. And I'm just really hoping the boys close it out tomorrow night. Just really, really hoping. And knowing them, I know they will. I'm really excited for it. Tal, what do you think Tampa has to do? And what do you think New York has to do? to get a win tomorrow night well new york just show up again got to show up like you did in game four got to get back to playing your style of hockey getting up a physical with tampa because if you allow tampa to just physically dominate you you're not winning this game they have the goaltender that also with Braden point might be on a con smith winning winning route i mean he has been fantastic he's got three shutouts in the playoffs he's also shut out two other times in game-clinching final games of the series. So look out for that stat. He could do it again. But I think think for the Islanders to win, Barry Trotz has to figure out what he did a couple years ago with Washington when they trailed 3-2 in that series against Tampa Bay, and he led them to the Stanley Cup championship, winning both Game 6 and Game 7. He's just got to find a way to get his team to wake up and to play for them and to get hungry for this championship because the Lightning obviously are still hungry for another championship. They want to repeat with all the outside people saying the cap space issues of this team and other you know negative comments. I think this team is still focused and wants to win. They're having fun. They're loving. They're doing it. 
For Tampa, continue to attack the Islanders. Do what you did in Game 5 and Game 3 where you just absolutely shut them out of the zone. Be clinical. Don't give up giveaways because we've seen what happened in the Carolina series back when they played them. And even Florida, you give up turnovers and you give up penalties and you give up things, you lose hockey games because Vazzy just can't save everything. He can save a lot of things, but he's not going to save everything. Eventually, something's going to get through, whether it's going to be a deflate like the Chernak or something. Something's going to happen and it's going to get through. Just continue to grind. Come out in front of your home, uh, in front of their fans. Shut their fans up and win the game. Like you get a, in game three, shut their fans up because their fans were quiet in that game. When that when that stadium gets rocking, the team wins. When that stadium's quiet, the team loses. So just fight. Those are my kind of keys to the game, kind of keys to who can finish the series. So for me, I really just hope that in this game we see the lightning that we saw in game five. I've said it before, I'll say it again. When we play our game and we play like that, there's nobody in this league who can beat us. Tampa's got to close it out. I, I know the prospect of playing Game 7 at home and the way we bounce out, bounce back after a loss, all of that seems really compelling. But it's time for the Islanders to die. It's time for the Coliseum to be closed down and turned into a mausoleum. So Coliseum to Mausoleum. That's what I want to see happen tomorrow. I believe in this team. I believe Tampa can do it. It's going to be a great game six. Tal, let's do a little around the league stuff. We got the Montreal Vegas series going on. We've seen some incredible things from the Habs with a come from behind overtime win in game three after a terrible mistake from Marc-Andre Fleury. That cost Vegas the game. But Vegas tied it right back up in Game 4. And Game 5 is about to start. Tal, who do you got for Game 5? And who do you expect to win the series? Give me Montreal. I love the underdogs and playoffs. Just give me Montreal. I expect them to win the game tonight. They will be gritty. I believe Marc-Andre Fleury is actually starting for Vegas. So we'll see how the rest and the fatigue factor helps them out. But Carey Price has been unreal. If he continues to be unreal to win the game, I expect them to go and win the game tonight. I'm going with the Road Dogs and give me Montreal. I would love to see a Montreal Lightning final, to be honest. I'm rooting for Montreal, but I think Vegas gets this series. I think they win tonight and then they go back at home and close it out. I'm rooting for you, Habs, but yeah, I think Vegas takes this one. But we will see. I do want to mention for our six listeners, I am a little concerned because when the Lightning win, because they will win, I'm only putting that kind of energy out, the Stanley Cup is going to start next week, and I'm going on vacation up into the rural mountains of western North Carolina with absolutely no (laughs) cell phone service or Wi-Fi, so I don't really know how I'm going to watch this series quite yet, Mom you got to figure it out. we got to message somebody and see if we can use their uh, TV. So just, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. Shout out, Christy. All right, guys, I'll be covering the entire podcast next week. Just so you know, I'm just <laughs> joking. I'm not. Also, also, one thing I forgot to mention as a Canes fan around the league, Jacob Slavin actually won the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy the other night in Game 4. He won it after the first period. They announced it for the sportsmanship and – most, I guess, the most likable player in the league trophy. 
per se, is if you want to call it that. But they, he won the sportsmanship award. They he had two penalties minutes in one thousand one hundred ninety five minutes played. Outstanding competitor to play that many minutes and only get two penalties. Just unrivals people's sportsmanship, and it was just nice to get another trophy as a Canes fan in this offseason as we build to try to come back next season, and we build on a good year. So Canes fans, continue to look up to that. But as Tampa fans, keep keep going for me. Keep keep winning these series because I need y'all to keep going so I can celebrate these wins with my bestie. I know, Tal. I'm always in such a great mood after the wins. After losses, I can't like talk for three to five business hours. I just have to process it and get through it. But, you know, I had the Clappers back for game six, and look what happened. So the Clappers will stay on me at all times. I will stay, stay strapped with the Clappers, and Tampa's going to win this series. I know it. You know it. We all know it. It's just a matter of when, not if. So everybody, we can all look forward to Game 6 tomorrow in Long Island at the Coliseum, which will turn into the Mausoleum. And so we thank you guys for listening to this supersized episode, and thank you for your patience with us as I was going through my move. And we will see you after Game 6 for the Game 6 Recap Podcast. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter for more fun, at TB High Voltage. And as always, Go Bolts!